All right, it's time for Valdry's Beat. Keith Valdry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Monday. Thanks a lot for doing it once again. So let's start with the another blockade of the Iron Workers Bridge. Didn't last long. Here we go again. Yeah, the police moved in very yep. quickly, so I wonder if the cops now are keeping a closer eye on them. Well, I think the police are also worried not to see a repeat of what we saw last week with motors getting out of their cars and pulling these people uh, off the roads. That, that could lead to a level of confrontation I think the police want to avoid. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they... They went back to the ironworkers again after a bit of a public backlash last week. But it just shows that these these protests, they're, they, they're not slowing down. They're going to well, keep doing it. I think they're oblivious to where the public's at, and they don't really care. I mean, that's part of their tactics is to get people angry, by their own admission, is to get yeah. people angry and such. I can tell you, though, having talked to John Horgan and Katrina Conroy, uh, the forest minister, they are having the absolute opposite impact on the government. There is the government's, uh, John Horgan is genuinely angry at these people. There's no way they're pressuring his government to change their policy, which right now is already deferring the, the logging of old growth yeah. in more than 2 million hectares. I just came back from four days at a conference in the Kootenays, the uh, West Kootenay Boundary um, Local Government Association Conference, talking to mayors and councillors there. You want to see a completely different viewpoint on this issue? Go to some of these these towns outside of Metro Vancouver. Go beyond the suburbs where these protesters live and the people whose livelihoods depend on forestry and logging. And they have a completely different take. They're not in favor of mass destruction of old-growth forests, but they do point out that old-growth there's enough old growth out there that allows some limited logging. They are worried about the deferrals. It, it, it will cost, the government's lowball estimate is 4,500 jobs. The industry yeah. estimate is 18,000 jobs being wow. lost as a result of this. So this is an issue that com- plays completely differently beyond the suburb- suburbs where these protesters live outside of uh, Metro Vancouver. Okay, I agree with you. I don't see any sign that Horgan or this government is, is buckling in, in the face of these kind of tactics. No. However, uh, the protesters did get a meeting with George Heyman, mm-hmm. the environment minister, on Friday. Yep. And we have some audio of this meeting. It's quite interesting. Now, the protest leaders, these are the people who are blocking the highways, blocking the bridges, okay? And also the hunger strikers, all right? So there's two people on hunger strike, including a guy named Howard Breen. And he Katrina is- Conway phoned him. On, yes. on Friday. Well, after this meeting, after yep. this meeting with, so they, with they talk, but they're not going to talking to the ministers again. They're not going to engage in some sort of public spectacle for this group to have some sort of uh, PR event yeah. uh, and harangue ministers and 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 abuse them. Country Conroy right now is getting harassed by these people. They've posted her home phone number, getting threatening phone calls. Wow! Uh, so this has escalated in terms of a. Uh, uh, a protest not usually associated with the environmental movement. This group seems to stand alone from other environmental protesters in terms of their pressure tactics. Well, that's why, in some ways, I was surprised that Heyman, the environment minister, would even agree to meet with them. Mm-hmm. But he did. So this meeting happened on Friday. Let me play a part of the audio here of this meeting. Now, what you'll hear here is the protesters are, are asking Heyman, we want you to publicly declare your support for us and our cause. Uh, good luck on that. Yeah, and, and <laughs> we want you to publicly call for a, a public meeting between these hunger strikers and the forest minister. going to happen. And then you hear Heyman's response. Have a listen here. When you're dealing with the life of an individual, it just goes beyond all of that. And if you were to do something like that publicly, maybe you would get backlash internally, but in the long run, I think it would be extremely good. Would you be prepared, for example, just to send a tweet or something of that nature saying that 
that you support a meeting between them. I know it would be politically awkward, but hopefully we could get transcend, you know, optics and political awkwardness and try and prevent these these two gentlemen from from unnecessarily dying. I'm not prepared to make that commitment today. Okay, you hear Heyman there well, at the no, end. No surprise at all. I mean, yeah. uh, you just take a step back and look at what what they're asking for here. Yeah. Basically, a small group of people, well, two people, are threatening to kill themselves unless the government changes policy. They're, they're threatening to starve themselves to death. Starve themselves, which is which, that's the end result of a hunger strike. Yeah. If you don't, you're going to die. Um, and if, you think the consequences of that and the precedent. So, is that really how we're going to set public policy? If you threaten to kill yourself, uh, that re- will require government to change its policy. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to the truck blockades, the trucker blockades. Exactly the, trucker blockades. the point John Horgan made yeah. uh, at the news conference on when he called out these protesters, basically calling them uh, narcissistic, self-absorbed people who can't see the big picture, already p- inviting them to Google old growth in B.C. and find out how much old growth has actually been protected uh, and uh, and not logged. Uh, so, again, anyone who knows John Horgan knows there's no way he's going to give in to a small group of these pr- uh, protesters yeah. uh, for the sake of changing government policy. It's just not going to happen. Okay, we're going to talk more about this uh, later on the show, and I'll have more audio of this meeting between these protesters and George Heyman, the environment minister. It sounds like a phone call. That way, It was recorded on an iPhone in a meeting in Heyman's office. Ah, okay. Yeah, so it's not on the phone. It was a face-to-face meeting. Hmm, and, um, and in the meeting, he said, I will let Katrine Conroy know about your concerns. She's the forest minister. Well, and, and then Conroy, as you pointed out, later phoned those two hunger strikers mm-hmm. and talked to them on the phone. And yep. she and she publicly acknowledged that on Twitter. But they, you know, she didn't do a, a public meeting. Like well, they because it would turn into a, a public relations stunt, basically, yeah. uh, and using the ministers as sort of uh, uh, props. And that's just well, not isn't this happen. whole this whole thing's a public relations stunt by blocking roads and bridges? Exactly. But I, I don't see how it how it helps their cause. I think, if anything, it sets it back. And I think you're going to see other environmental, uh, more legitimate groups be a little nervous about these types of tactics because it's sort of the the one bad apple tarnishes the whole bunch. And I think you're going to see some concern being expressed by others. Okay, we'll have more on that later on the show. All right, we've got the Vancouver Colchana Mm by-election coming down to the wire here. So voting day is this Saturday. Kevin Falcon, the new Liberal leader, running for a seat in the legislature. Jeanette Ash is his NDP opponent. And they debated on the show here on Friday, got pretty tense at times. Have a listen to this. So here's Kevin Falcon versus his NDP opponent here in this uh, by-election on Saturday. The last time Kevin Falcon was in power, he showed us who he is. He cut funding that supported sexual assault survivors. He cut hundreds of millions to funding to health authorities, forcing them to reduce mental health and addiction services. People are still living with the damage caused by those cuts. The BCNDP is making progress on fixing that damage by investing in people and the services they depend on. Kevin, you can try to change your story, but you can't change your record. Here's the bottom line. BC has the highest overdose death rates in the history of the province of British Columbia. Street crime and disorder has gotten worse every single year, especially in Vancouver. We've got the highest housing prices in North America, third highest on the planet. We've got the highest gas prices in North America. Everything works against folks that are just trying to make ends meet. I think it's about results. That's what we'll do when I get back in power and become premier okay. of this province. Yeah, your, your so, so this writing was created in 1991. Uh, the Liberals have won every uh, have won that writing in every election since eight straight elections, usually by 
many thousands of votes. Uh, also won a by-election. People forget this. That was the entry point for Gordon Campbell into provincial politics. He ran in the by-election there, I think, in 1995 when Art Cowie stepped down. And then Campbell switched to Point Grey. This is a popular riding with liberal leaders. Oh, it's, it's, it's the west side of Vancouver. It's a yeah. very affluent riding. Yeah, right. Uh, a lot of the issues, I think, are, are different there than they are in other parts of, uh, of the municipality or the city. But again, it'd be, it would be very surprising for Kevin Falcon to lose this. But yeah. by-elections are strange. The governments don't usually win by-elections. By and large, I mean, they almost never win by-elections right. in, uh, in right. British Columbia. Christy Clark's by-election was a noticeable ex- exception up in Kelowna. Um, but it can happen. Uh, John Horgan is popular. Uh, he's more popular than his party. But I haven't seen John Horgan in Colchana. He hasn't campaigned. It's interesting how the NDP has put ministers in that riding on a rotating basis for campaign events sort of thing. Not sure that had, well, I'm pretty sure that doesn't have anywhere near the impact if, if Horgan were to go there. So voting day on Saturday, expectations are Falcon's going to win, but you never know in politics. Yeah, it and depends he, who shows up and votes. Well, it's also usually a low turnout yep. for a by-election, right? So does that throw a bit of uncertainty into it as well? Yeah, and, uh, and again, the government of the day, it's usually the case in BC, the government of the day is unpopular between elections and that's not the case right now because the the alternative the bc liberals are not popular no. and that's part of the the branding situation here right now the last angus reed poll i think it was angus reed what had the ndp at about 42 percent and the liberals at 29 percent wow. um but again this is vancouver Quilchena. this is yeah. not the east side of vancouver it's very friendly turf to the liberals show keith baldry is my guest baldry's beat 604-280-9898 is the number star 9898 on your cell chris and langley hi chris Chris. Hey, Chris. Chris, are you there or what? Yeah, hey. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, just uh, give me a second before I know you're not going to like what I'm going to say, but I'm just going to hopefully put it out there before you trample all over me here. But uh, what are these guys supposed to do? I don't like sitting in traffic either. I know it's a major inconvenience to a lot of people, a lot of lives. But what are they supposed to do? Are they going to sit on the side of the lawn? and get uh, no attention. I mean, at the very least, right now, they're getting attention for their cause. And just the last little bit here, to listen to you guys talk. I haven't heard you guys once really lay into their issues. I heard about the jobs that are going to be impacted, people's lives in these traffic jams, how much everybody hates them, how they're a minority. But I have, I'm sorry, I'm just out of breath here. But I've heard very little about, yeah, they're trying to protect old growth, but why? What's the tourist uh, angle? What's the climate change angle? So, yeah, we're not going to get a lot changed by this, but at the same time, sitting at the side of the lawn or in front of the ledge isn't getting any attention and ain't going to get anything done either. Okay, Thanks. Chris, thank you for the call. Well, well in, I would disagree the- with that. I mean, I've covered dozens, if not hundreds, of protests at the front lawn of the legislature, which have resulted in change. You go back to the 1990s, the War of the Woods, uh, those were protests from the environmental movement that were very effective and did result in serious change. What we're seeing now is already the government moving to protect old growth. The vast majority of old growth timber is protected or it's just not accessible. I mean, again, I'm reminded flying back from Castlegar, flying over BC, you see how much of BC is so remote. It's out of reach of logging companies. Uh, again, not 100% of the land mass is, is loggable. Uh, so you can get um, attention of governments through other means of protest. This, I think, has the reverse impact. I've I've seen now more anger uh, in a government towards protests of this such. And and John Horgan likens this protest these these people to the truck convoy. 
It's, yeah. he, he thinks it's the same thing, and you're just not going to get anywhere with this government on that tactic. And I, I would also just point out to the caller that earlier on the show today, I, I interviewed the Green Party candidate in this by-election coming up, and we went into we went into some detail on the issues around climate change, old growth logging, um, and these protests. So we have talked about the other side of it, and I've actually had the leaders of these protests on the show several times. To, oh, and, to explain and their position. Environmental on. protest leaders are on this program all the time getting yeah. attention. So, yeah. no, you don't have to lie down on the Ironworkers Bridge to get media attention. See, that the thing is, for Horgan, this is a balance. He's running a, he's running a party that has an environmental wing, right? Like, Heyman used to be an environmental activist. Sierra he's now, he's, right, he's the head of the Sierra well, government. Now he's his environment minister. Yep, but they're very mindful of the economy and industry and jobs. And unlike the Harcourt government of the 90s, this government is different. It's more pragmatic when it comes to these issues. Let's go to Ron in Vancouver. Hi, Ron. Go ahead. Thanks, Mike. Uh, the development company that uh, Kevin Falcon worked for, uh, what projects have they built and done in the last 10 years in British Columbia? I haven't heard about that yet. So that, his company is Anthem. I'm uh, not sure exactly. I think they were in a lot of uh, residential construction, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But Kevin Falcon will turn this around and point to the things he built when he was transportation minister, which is the South Fraser Perimeter Road, the Canada Line. Uh, remember, Falcon famously, as transportation minister, arbitrarily said we're building the Canada Line over the objections of a couple of mayors. I think they're out in in uh, Pitt Meadows. or and I remember him phoning me saying, what does the mayor of these these towns in Fraser uh, Valley, why should they have a veto over a line through Vancouver? And he made the decision, no, we're not, we're not we're going to go over your heads and build the Canada line. So there's a lot of projects built on Kevin Falcon's watch on the in the public sector uh, that'll get a lot more attention than the private sector. The NDP will paint him, though, as a real estate developer from his years oh, yeah, with that, Anthem that plays Properties. To, that plays to their base. But again, I'm not sure that image necessarily is that bad in Vancouver, Quilchenna. I mean, you know, we're talking <laughs> about, about a different ride in here. Yeah, well, right now he's running in Quilchenna, and that's his goal is to get elected there. Once we get to the – if he wins and we get to the provincial election, you'll you'll see that messaging be, perhaps be more effective. One thing I know is he did make a lot of money over there at Anthem Properties because yeah. he told me he's taken a pay cut here to come back into politics. And what does the leader of the opposition pay? 160? Yeah, okay. you get, uh, 105,000 is the base for an MLA, and I think plus. 50, plus 50. Right, so 160 k Oh, I'm sure he like took that. a pay cut, which is why I'm su- a little surprised he actually did want to come back. But yeah. he's uh, he, he's like Christy Clark in ways. I remember asking Clark, why would you quit a CKNW hosting job to come into a very uh, iffy uh, p- uh, chance to win an election, even though she won surprisingly? She jumped into politics when they were trading because, because it's in her blood. Exactly the right. point she made, and I think yeah. it was the same thing with Kevin Phillips. Yeah, that's it. He, yeah. he wants to be premier. Once you've he, been bitten, yeah. you're always going to be in there. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. All right. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.